Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, three, clap. Okay, great. Beautiful. And we are good to go. <laughs> I was worried about my rhythm because it's such, with two gay guys, I, I can't compute. Like, I'm like, I, my clap was a little off. I could tell George you were being sweet. We did it a third time. We were supposed to do it twice. But I know nope. we did it a third time on account of my clapping rhythm. But I'm just like, you know, when a, a, you know when a clap starts, like, in a song or a cheer or, like, you know, I'm always, like, try, trying to get the beat. Yeah, and I simply I, cannot. But the gays are like, like, like they're like in sync. Like they make yeah. the whole quiet. Like the whole thing is just now. It's like a symphony. It's this thing, and I'm just yeah. like, Dyke, shut. Just don't clap. Like we can't clap. We don't have it. It is what it is. It's. I. I have to say, with with finding the beat, it's always something I feel I can do when I'm on my own listening to music. Maybe I'm a little drunk and got home, and I'm doing a little little dance before bed. Yeah. But then when I'm in public, I completely lose it. Yeah. No. It's, no. Uh, well, maybe you think you completely, but have you been around some dykes recently? You'll see how much more together you are in relation <laughs> to the clunkiness and the just the, the sharp edginess. There's no. There's no suave. Like. There's no smooth. There's nothing is smooth. I clunk into a room. I don't know why. I'm not even <laughs> like there's I'm not in boots. Like there's no reason 
I can't explain. I'm, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find like counterexamples. Well, I feel surely, like not to yeah. be gross immediately. I guess the podcast has already started, but um, the, like sex, I feel like lesbian sex, I feel like is like water, everyone's and flowing, yes. and yeah. beautiful, and like like whereas gay men having sex is like. Yeah, it's like, just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that's when I feel like lesbians are not clunky when they're in their natural state of having sex. But we're yeah. also okay. we're never <laughs> Watching having blue sex. is the warmest color once. Yeah, exactly. We also don't have sex. And my ex used to get upset that I said that, but I'm like, we kind of do just roll around. Like sure. it isn't a fair comparison because it's like, yeah, you're coming, I'm coming. I'm happy with what's happening, but to call it sex is a bit of a stretch mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the time. Now, there are things that we do that are intercourse, fine, but I'm like, I'm also happy to hook up. Like, it's not like it's bad that we don't fuck, but we don't fuck the same way other people fuck. It's it's fine. The lesbians are like, I fuck. I'm like, you don't. <laughs> Like you don't, dude. (laughs) Like, but there's more in your repertoire. So it's like you are doing. Also, am I wrong to say that it usually lasts longer? I mean, it can, but at this age, it's like (laughs) (laughs) how many times you want to go? I'm like, I, I have a thing. I got right. this podcast with these guys. It's, it's like, I'm happy. Yeah. Well, to yeah, what read. else do you have going on? I'm happy to bring back the quickie. Like we deserve the quickie. Oh, like oh, it's you know quickie. that's true. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like being like we have literally seven minutes. Yeah, let's, yeah. Like, we, we, we do. Thirty never. seconds of sex is perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we the quickie like seven minutes. It's like we don't even have time to hold hands. Right, <laughs> like there is not even the time for that. It's, it's a blip. Like you'll you'll start having sex with a girl, and then it's like it's two p.m. I'm like fiddly, <laughs> what? I'm late for work. God damn it! Like what? We started like yeah, so crazy. Is there? By the way, I realize we're on a podcast right now. Is sure. there an intro yeah. that I didn't do that we didn't do that you said? No, that we normally, topic? Sam and I normally start by doing an intro um, and then we introduce you. But the, the conversation was flowing so naturally that we said, why not oh, just go yeah. with it? What but do you I think, wanna, Sam? I don't want to stop you. I'd love an intro. Sure. You know, I don't want to break what you do. On my, don't, on my account, do anything mm. you didn't want to do. Yeah. I mean, well, it's too late for that. We completely <laughs> revamped our entire podcast entirely on your account. <laughs> this is now a new spinoff podcast where you're the co-host. So I hope you're available for, to record okay, the next I'm episode. I'm not even here. I'm not even here. Okay, I'll be good. Like, we can honestly... I'm not even it, here. We, it is iconic to now start our intro. We, I, I am including everything. No, all of this is in. And it's in this order, too. Our, yeah. So, Sam, what's up? <laughs> Hola, Chica. How are you? Hey, bitch. <laughs> um, you know, I'm good. I, I have to say, I was saying this before. I am feeling like this is, I'm feeling relaxed and chill. I'm feeling, my my voice is is syrupy. It's very, you're giving NPR vibes this NPR, uh, afternoon. Yeah. It's because I spent yesterday in nature. Mm. And it was just so, I went to... Um, Storm King with two of my college friends, which Storm King is kind of where straight couples go to break up, right. I feel. Um, but then you can kind of queer it by going there. It is not part of a, a straight couple. I went with two women. One was queer and one was straight. Um, For now. Which is such a powerful combination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I have to say the art, so uninspiring. 
Yeah, well, that's nothing, not the it point. It gives you nothing to think about. It's just you're taking a hike, and every now and then you see kind of a large red structure, and you're just kind of like, huh. I think that's the whole appeal, though, right? It's like it's you're not really going for, like, the art, and you're not really going for, like, the hike. You're going for, like, a walk that's outside. Yes. And, like... No one is there to be challenged. <laughs> yeah. It's not Where physically difficult. Oh, am I not allowed to be part... Like, okay, I'm oh not my god, I'm not oh, Robbie, Robbie. I'm actually just curious. I haven't been introduced yet, so I'll just be this other... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not yet on the podcast, but I did have a... Robbie, our producers are texting me where everyone says, tell her to stop. I know, I know. They're so furious. Silence women. Silent women. Here we are. One of the tenets of this podcast is silence women. Yes. Um but but anyway, but but then I I have to say to to take the basically you're you're taking a hike without the athletic element and then you're going to a museum without the intellectual element so you truly are just like how can i feel as little as possible while being slightly relaxed in many ways it's the best of both worlds yes and if (laughs) you want to to not like i said to not be challenged which i really was not in the mood to be challenged yesterday sometimes i when i go to a museum it's not it's truly just to be in an indoor large space yeah that is mostly clean like, mm-hmm. I just want to be in a space. And that's kind of what Storm King offers, but it's outdoors. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been challenged by fine art. Okay. <laughs> what a statement to begin with. <laughs> in Wait. or outside of the museum. Robbie, where, what would you say was the moment in your life where you felt the most artistically challenged? The most artistically challenged. Or intellectually challenged. I'm Other than still waiting for it. I'm still <laughs> waiting for it, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, I, I don't know that I've been, you know, I challenge myself for the most part. So, sure. you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that is something, you know, if you're talking about like an incident or something in my career, like when I did my, I did a Just for Laughs stand-up special. I did an hour filmed in Toronto for Crave TV here in Canada. And uh, before doing that, you know, when they called me, just after Gethard, they said, hey, would you be interested in doing um, a streaming special, an hour stand-up special? And I said, yeah, but I had never done an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, and I had six weeks to prepare. And the first time I did an hour was my taped hour. Whoa. So your answer is to, to what? When was the... T- so that was a challenge. And so that <laughs> sure. was a, that was you have been intellectually challenged by your own, by your own work. I, did, you know, <laughs> I don't look at a piece of metal in a park and go, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. What? I don't give a shit. I don't, like, it doesn't... Even as a kid, we would go... I remember going to the museum. We saw Monet. And we had, like, a little picture that you like the museum had a little thing where they give you a little piece of paper and it was the most perfect piece of paper. I can't yeah. explain when these little crafts happened at the museum. It was like, it was such a, the texture of the paper was just, I'm still waiting for the weight of a paper like that. I've either had too much, too little. This was like the Goldilocks and the three bears of papers. So this anyway, is a paper they we, gave to you at a museum to kind of take you, note. No, to then you were going to sit in front of a painting you liked and draw it. Oh, draw it. Oh, okay. 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 And you had, so, um, you know, and I remember sitting in front of a Monet and I kind of thought it was blurry and, 
you know, there Blurry. wasn't a lot like they were like sit in front of your favorite one. So I'm like, okay, of all the paintings in this place, like, first of all, I don't love any single one. If I had to pick, okay, I'll go with this one, but it's blurry. It's impressionism. I don't care for blurry. I wear glasses already. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like well, you kept putting on your glasses and said, it's not getting any less blurry. Yeah. I don't want, I like Claire. I'm like, let me see what the lily pads I'm, look like. Like what I'm the hell good is good money for these here? glasses. I want to yeah, see right. the art. <laughs> yeah. So I think from that, from being told from a young age that the best art is in this thing. Sure. I like, and then you go and you're like, I like, some of the books at home better. Some of the pictures, the illustrations of my books right. at home. You know, yeah, when you're right. a kid, you're like, I liked Robert Munch or whatever, like whatever the kids, you know, some of the illustrations, mm-hmm. kids books, I think is some of the best art arguably in the world. Why not? Who cares? But we don't care. Okay, like, very populist not. approach. I love I'm just that. saying, I'm just saying that like, it didn't make, it didn't make sense to me what was great, what was not. And obviously it's all subjective and that's the point of it. But I, I do wish I could be. I, I, I feel like it would be so fun to feel like I looked at a piece of metal and I went, huh. Like, have, right. You know, sometimes but if you're I look not at able a, to access that. No, if I look at a very yeah. crazy building, like a very, you know, ergonomic or something like really that looks like the physics is being challenged, then I go, wow, how'd they do that? Uh, there must okay. be a, a woman in STEM. Mm-hmm. There, there, mm-hmm. must, <laughs> there must be a beam or something. Here, you know, that's the only way I can imagine right now looking at something and feeling a challenge is like, how is that standing type challenge? But it's very hard for me. I wish I could be those people in movies like Closer, anybody in Manhattan going to to a museum and just going, oh, what do you think the artist? I'm like, you know, (laughs) your guess is as good as mine. It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't really sit with it. And then yeah. I get hungry at the museum and there's no food. You're starving. Well, you got to go to the museum cafe. You get Guys. a bowl of olives for 14 U.S. Exactly. Thanks, we, but no thanks. We are being completely insane and absurd. We have not introduced our guest Oh, I'm not even all. here. Our I'm guest not is not here. even here. And yet, and yet you hear her talking. And, and yet, yet the entire Western art canon has been completely dragged through the mud. <laughs> I am not even here. Forgive me. Intellectualism has been destroyed, and we have not even introduced our guest. I mean, I think we should just do it. You know, here's like someone who point, intellectually challenges me. Let me tell you something. Please put your ears to the ground and feel the vibrations of the footsteps of our guest, Robbie Hoffman. Oh, my God. Thank wow. you so much for having me. I've Welcome been from Canada. Yeah, waiting all day to be you know on this podcast. It feels good <laughs> to finally be here and talking to you guys. Um, we really went, I have to say, Robbie, like normally, you know, we would kind of like see what the vibe was, see what topics you had in mind, and then start recording. But you start, you were so on from the first second, and we said there is no point in, in stopping this momentum. This is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, experience. You know, for rhythm. you. Yeah. For and me, for every day. I, I just <laughs> yeah. talk and talk and talk and talk. I, I don't even know. Sometimes I think, like, you know what? When I was younger and I was closeted and I would go out with guys – but yeah, I went out with shout out to Phil Dobrin. If he's listening, he went to Princeton. That's not nothing. Um, but <laughs> I I went out with this guy, and like my friends were encouraging me. They're like, his whole family goes to Princeton. Da 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 da. And and I didn't even know Jews went to Princeton, but God bless him. Yeah, and haven't you met Catherine Cohen? No, Sorry, no, Cohen. yeah, she did go to Princeton. <laughs> no, I, I then realized I didn't. It wasn't even in my 
like eat like as I like these just are not as a teenager wasn't a school I even really I only heard of it because Phil was going there and so I assumed right. it was good but anyway I remember having to do one-on-one with him and I would try and think of like topics I would tell my friends but like what do you even speak about like just because I was so uncomfortable being one-on-one with this like pressure that we would maybe hook up or kiss or do something that I would like literally think of topics. And then yeah. the first time I was with a girl romantically, it's like, it just flowed and flowed and flowed. And right. now I like have never had to think of a topic in my whole life. I just like, if I'm up, there's a topic. If I'm up where there's something happening. Well, Robbie, we really pride ourselves on, you know, deconstructing what a podcast is nice. sort of. Um, it's a, this podcast is a, a about straight culture, it's but it's also yes. a podcast about a podcast about straight yeah. culture. I love and that. The whole thing is like, it's like, you know, we, you think of this idea, okay, what's kind of like, imagine two gay comedians having a podcast about straight culture. It's like, Okay, 2014 called wants yeah. its entire ethos back, you know. <laughs> right, right. And so we're doing that, sure, because it's expected, but then that's not enough, right? So we're at every turn uh, holding a mirror to ourselves and and kind of looking at it and then getting distracted. Yeah, and so you're coming in here and sort of um, showing us that we're not pushing far enough. If if we're really deconstructing what a podcast is. You know, let's switch up the order. Start with just chatting. You know, then try the intro. Then, then who who the hell knows? I mean, right. we we are flying completely by the seat of our pants today, in a way that I find refreshing. I find it exciting. It's the it's all the all the intellectual rigor I was missing at Storm King is is now <laughs> finally on the table. Well, see, because you're ta- you know, I also think that like I hate being told you look at this thing you must think now. I'm like I've been thinking the whole fucking day. Like <laughs> yes. where. Where the hell were you? Like, I mean, this is like the least important thought I'm having my day of how I'm interpreting this metal. Like, I, you don't even know what I've been through by two weeks. I have no idea what it's like to be a date in my head for one. Right. Like, and like, people are just like, wow, that really made me think. Like, I don't even separate thinking from not from other things. It's like, everything is making me think. I'm constantly thinking. I just, right. like, but being told, like, you know, like, like your walk, I can understand why it's so dissatisfied. You're kind of like you were told you're going to be seeing some shit and you're going to have an opinion, but you didn't even, you were like, well, <laughs> like, I guess if you're, you know, gun to gun, you know, like, I guess, okay. I like the color of the metal. Somebody had to paint it red. You know, <laughs> yeah. I picture about the guy who gets up there. I'm like, was he at Lowe's? Where did he get the paint? Like my right. thoughts are also not intellectual enough for the ask. Like the ask of looking at an art piece, like something like that is like, you should have this like really grand origin story or sure. what, how the artist was feeling a connection. And mine is like, do you think it's like the oil paint or he went to Lowe's and got an outdoor paint? Cause he knew it'd be outdoors. Right. Or you're then the you're ring. thinking, you know, was he fairly compensated? Was what, yeah. what you know the artist whose name is on this? How much did he or she do, and how much of it was kind of unpaid interns with little paintbrushes? Right. right. And and who's to say that's a less intellectual question than does it resemble a frog? I right. just want each piece to have a big price tag on it, and so I can see the I most expensive one and go, I, and I can tell why that's expensive. I can yeah. tell that one's yeah. really expensive. Yeah, That's, you're so right. It, the, the the fact that like the art world is based on, I mean, it's essentially kind of a an extension of the global finance world because it's a way people <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. know avoid taxes, Hoard money. 
so it's right. It's a way people hoard money. No one actually cares. No one actually has an eye for art of the people that are actually buying the art. It's literally all like kind of men named. I don't know why my my instinct went to say Rob because then you're implicated because your name is Rob B. By the way, I happen to be a fine but artist. But that's not what Rob. I meant. A man named Rob. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, my point is it's like <laughs> if it's all about money anyway, just make the subtext text. Just tell me how much each thing is worth. Well, that's it. Yes. You know what? That's like that that I I like that is for me and I think maybe because we're we're both gay comics and this is the way that we but we're like very honest about that sort of stuff. It's like um I grew up talking like when I was in the secular world like like most of my friends growing up as a teenager and the world now it's like the girl I'm seeing now and her family, like they don't talk about money. They don't talk about politics. And I grew up, well, we talk about money. We talk about politics. That's all we talk about. And I think one of the bigger issues happening is that like this 1% who's hoarding wealth in multiple ways, mm -hmm. you know, one being the art world or, you know, whatever they're doing offshore, but they also hoard the conversation. They also try and make 99% of the people feel like you shouldn't talk about money because they because don't they want don't to want talk, talk about, about money. money because of yeah. how immoral they would sound talking about how embarrassing it must be for them to talk about money versus yeah. me we have to talk about money we talk about money it's like something i tell like my girl when you're about to meet my family i said like you know my ex was working in commercials i said by the way my brother shmuley's going to come up he's going to be like how much you make on something like that a commercial now he's right. not being rude he is relating to, he wants to know. And the easiest way to get rid of him is, is just to say what you, you know, 8K. And he'd be like, okay, pretty good. He'd walk away. <laughs> yeah. If you skirt, if you skirt, I actually had a very famous conversation. I don't mind doing this, but this really famous movie star and I were talking. Drop the and, name. And, uh, <laughs> Drop the address. It is what it is. <laughs> Scarlett and, Johansson. And we were talking about this. And I said, like, if you, you know, there was a possibility that this person might end up at a family function of mine. I said, if that ever happened, you would just have to tell my brother, he's not going to know who the hell you are. And he's going to want to know what you make on a movie like Charlie's <laughs> Angels. He's going to be like, hey, so what does that run you? And if you, if you skirt and say, oh, I do okay. Or, you know, I'm comfortable. He's going to be like, yeah. what, what do you mean? What is it? And then, so you just have to be like 20 million. He'd be like, oh. Huh. So it was Kristen Stewart. You know, and then, yeah, and then he would, he would walk <laughs> away. You know what I mean? But there's no skirting. But I realize it's this thing that people do to keep the masses down. It makes no fucking sense. Well, it's an admission of guilt already. Because if you say talking about money is not tasteful, you are literally agreeing. You're like, yes, if I say how much I make, that is tasteless. Yeah. Like, because what I, because my entire lifestyle is immoral. Yeah, it's all hoarding and immoral and weird. And yeah, that's why you don't talk about it. You don't talk about politics because you don't have to. You don't talk about money because you don't have to. And the thing is, is you might not be talking about it, but you show it. You talk louder than anybody else in the damn world about it. Well, you hint at it. It's like, that's the thing with money. It's like, if you're, if you're kind of one of those people, like the way that you achieve taste is by essentially hinting at the money you have without explicitly saying that's You're why like, i love rap it's like yes. i love watching rappers going i got this i got the ice i got this i'm like yes you do yes how much was the lambo 250 that's what i thought that's what i thought <laughs> you know i want to know you know i was having this conversation with another friend of mine recently not famous 
Oh, and that oh. person wasn't even Can you my drop friend. the not famous? By the way, my friend <laughs> that, that, that we just ended up in that conversation somehow with, you know, whatever. But this person, wealthy, not famous, does well for herself, her family, very wealthy. And she's very humble about it. You know, she was asking me like, oh, what's your dream car, Robbie? Like, what you know, because I like cars. I said, well, Porsche, obviously. How do you dream of something and it not be the best? I, I don't understand that. Right. I don't understand how anybody ends up with something like a Maserati or I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, weirdo. What do you have a MasterCard too? So strange to me. Anybody ends up with a MasterCard or a Maserati, like it's Visa, it's poor. Like there are some truths. Yeah. So she didn't want to tell me that her father has a Porsche or two or something like that. Her sure. girlfriend told me when she was in the bathroom, by the way, she's very humble. And I assumed that her father had at least a fleet of something. But I told her when she got back to the bathroom, I said, it feels more honest to me when rich people are rich and poor people are poor. What I'm saying by this is if I went to your house, if I showed up at your house, your parents' house for Shabbos for dinner, and they didn't have four cars in the driveway, I'd call the police. <laughs> I know you shouldn't anymore, but that would be a reason for me. That would be a reason for me. <laughs> if you came to my mother's Fakakta apartment and she had a Maserati in the drive, you'd fucking call, what? This doesn't make, you know, I want the world to make sense. That if you're yes. rich, okay, that's you what are. You, that's what that, it comes down to is is things need sense. to be, things need to be placed where they belong so that so that we can yes. kind of so that you can Truth. look at the world and and then interpret it in a literal way and have it make sense rather than having to go through like five layers of interpretation based on each person's weird insecurities or yeah. um, you know kind of like the way they want to be the way, the way they want to be seen versus how they actually are the mental yeah, gymnastics but, of it all but that would require kind of a an honesty that i feel like um the current systems in place do not encourage I uh, just this convo. We really haven't brought out the going off alarm in a while. But yes, <laughs> this oh, is convo. This going is, off alarm? We haven't brought out the going off alarm in so long. But Robbie, honestly, <laughs> this now whole is a episode good time is going any. off alarm. It is, it is ringing in the background. We'll we'll add that in in post. Well, we're editing. <laughs> in po- we're editing in post. But um, wait, I'm sorry. I do want to very quickly go back to the art conversation because. Robbie, you raised an interesting point, which is that you think all day, so you're not going to wait to be inspired by something. And that, which is interesting because it does, then it's like, it kind of implies that the people that are inspired most by art are the people who spend most of the day not thinking. And so then they're so in awe that something is making them think that they start tearing up. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know how, I wish I could live that life. I mean, I wish I could like, or, or simply I wish I could turn off. I wish I don't have to think so much. I wish I could not want the things I want. I wish I was okay. You know, I wish probably I was less intelligent than we are because right. I think to be an artist takes some level of intelligence, some level of, of guts to say like all these structures put upon me. Like I still feel at my soul, like that's the thing living for. Like we do do this thing where we, we break free of something to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, does this apply to like film and TV also like, or is it just like visual art, like paintings and sculptures or like how it applies much to me this... for all of it? I mean, I think visual art, like the people who are like hoity toity and go to like the museum because it's like, I think there's a special category for those people somewhere, maybe not hell, but somewhere. <laughs> and you know, I, I do think that like, 
I can't remember. I was going to say something else in one of in one of my going off friends, but but <laughs> I, I, yeah, the idea of like having you know of I, I just wish I could be simpler. Like I was on a flight, and the lady next to me was sipping her Chardonnay, middle aged, wonderful woman. Okay, she is having a time. She's there's no kids, there's nothing. She's, She's watching a queen, an icon, a legend. Yeah, Mall Cobb, exactly. <laughs> Jan Arden. No, she is Katie Link. No, um, she's just, you know, sitting on the plane. She's watching Mall Cop 2. Paul Blart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Blart, he's, you should know, this is interesting to bring up. I'm a huge fan of Kevin James. Keep going. Oh, same. Sam wants to fuck Kevin James. I think Wait. he's so hot. Yeah, I'm sure he get like yeah, he's the cutest. I love King of Queens. I still think it's like one of the best sitcoms. My family like strangely like everybody's like oh, Pamela. If anyone's like, keeping track, she King hates fine art and she loves King of Queens. King of Queens was excellent, excellent. Leia Remini, excuse <laughs> oh, me. Lovely, yes. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Wait, go back to this. Kevin queen, James. This so anyway, she's watching Mall Cop too. <laughs> I kid you not. Every setup, she was already like every setup to every joke. She was like already like. She like could barely take it. And then when they hit with whatever punchline, whether it was a line or a pratfall, literally, she was like dying, her Chardonnay splashing everywhere. Like she literally enjoyed thoroughly this movie start to finish. And I should only be so lucky. Do you know what it even takes yeah. me to watch a movie? Yeah. To the point that like I am like searching the entire flight and maybe I find a documentary of inside the worst prisons of America and I'm <laughs> fine. But it's like very difficult for me to get to that level of interest, let alone laughter, the way that she can watch anything. This wasn't even Mall Cop One, which I'm sure she also <laughs> saw, but like this lady has figured it out. Like with like she is enjoying the best life the more you know yeah. the worse it is to enjoy life because you just know too much you're too in tune to the truth so i do wish that yeah. i could like be more naive to certain things so that i can just enjoy yeah more. i'm i'm trying to put in the work to become less informed i think that's a real goal of mine yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you on that i don't watch people like did you watch the debate i'm like Am I masochistic? Are you asking me if I cut myself? Like, I what mean, is the question here? It's so weird. It's so stupid. Why would you want, like, I already fucking voted. Like, I'm not watching this debate just to feel bad and get pissed off. I'm already mad. Who cares? Well, there is, I think that the, the kind of, um, the idea of the political junkie as a figure in our culture, like, these are people that want to feel bad. Yeah. Like they get off on feeling bad. That's like the people whose thing is that they keep up with the news. Like, or, sorry, I, I think it's important to keep up with the news, but like specifically keep up with like the minutia of electoral politics. It is people who literally are seeking both to feel angry and slighted and also to feel like they it's like a sense of control like if i know all the details and if i know every the name of every person that is involved in this decision then i will then it'll somehow make me more it's enlightened sports. when it actually doesn't it literally what you're yeah. describing right now is sports you come to understand why people have this affinity for sports and i never i thought sports always was so stupid it's just two people going to a you know a ball to get it here or to get it there um, but really people who are very into sports are into every little character they, it really is a soap opera for them. They know the yeah. backstory of this person was from here. He was drafted here. He comes from this family, nothing, nobody believed in him. Da, da, da. They're literally like gays. Like you think like, Oh, we're gay. You like soap operas. You like soap operas too. Your sports is like 
you're literally screaming from what's his name tom Brady. i don't even know their names yeah but like yeah. you are doing the exact same thing sports is now yes. every you know i mean i, I, I would be remiss not to say more. yeah i'd be remiss not to say guy brandom has a bit exactly about this that he does where he's talking about how reality like real housewives are just emotionally and 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 ra- and kind of um structurally the same as sports oh, they're yeah. just like looked down it. upon yeah yeah, exactly. He would, you know, I, I like I, I think everything is just kind of in that structure, especially politics right now and the way yeah. it's set up. Like, first of all, it's such bad art. Like to watch a debate, it's a play. So everything's scripted. And it's, so a, bad like, it's a bad play. It's a bad play. Yeah, it's a like also, like they're not having the best people. Like we didn't even get off. We didn't shoot for off Broadway people even to produce this. It's like now it's just like a bad, weird play. Like it's, people yes. kind of know their lines. And it's not a good set. And it's a dress rehearsal. And the director is absent. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, why would I watch that? Plus, I do Dyke Vice on Thursdays and it was competing. (laughs) Our numbers did not dip. You'll be happy to know. (laughs) I love a plug. Everybody check out Dyke Vice. PlanetScum.live, my weekly call-in show. You can call me in about anything. What shoes to wear, where, I'll tell you. You can call me about financial advice. Let me look at a statement. I'll tell you where you're going wrong. Call me about love, whatever you want. I'm I'm going to tell you what your therapist won't, and we'll fix you a lot quicker. Believe me. Oh God, I could go therapy. We need to do um. Wait, Robbie, we need to do our first segment, but I do want to talk to you about therapy. Um. Okay. So, so Robbie, our first segment, and yes, this podcast has segments. If you can believe it, <laughs> um, it's called Straight Shooters um, because this podcast is um, about straight culture, sort of. And so, uh, you know, to sort of start it off with our first segment, we just sort of ask you a series of rapid fire questions nice. to gauge your familiar familiarity with the tapestry of straight culture, um, and if you ask any follow up questions, we're going to be pissed off. Okay, George, should we start? Yes. Robbie, AirPods or Air Jordans? Air Jordans. Okay. (laughs) Robbie, starting a TikTok out of a desperate need for attention or starting a podcast out of a desperate need for attention? TikTok. Anxiety or depression? Anxiety. I don't know who I'm I'm doing what I like the most. (laughs) Just you. That's perfect. You're doing great. Um... Being a dog person, being a cat person, or being a people person? It depends on the person, cat or dog. I, I need to meet and see if I have a rapport with everything I don't like. I like some people. I don't, you know, I'm a people person, yes, but there's some people I don't like. I got to meet your dog, if we have a rapport, and then we'll go. There's a cat. I love my cat. It doesn't mean I like your scratchy-ass cat. It, do I have a relationship with this person or animal? I'm very case-by-case. Okay. Okay. Robbie, upholding the status quo or updating your status on Facebook? It's too many words. It's a, that was a, that was a, a word salad. Uh, definitely not the status quo. Fuck that. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, Robbie. Um, Prada, Gucci, Fendi, or Billabong? <laughs> Prada, Gucci. Ah. Uh. Prada and Billabong. All right, and you know what? I I think we're I think we can 
end it here. What do you think, Sam? Do okay. you have another one? I well, no, not really. But sort Are of. Are you sure? Okay, go for it. This one's um a little bit different than the form. Robbie, how many Borats do you think we'll see in our lifetime? I have not seen Borat yet, but I gotta go. I gotta watch one of them. Um, you haven't seen the first one. I've ne- yeah, I've never seen Borat, but I love yeah. it. I've seen clips. You know what I mean? And I feel like I love it, but I like never have like sat down to do it. But I want to do it. Do you know what I mean? It's like one of those. Yeah. Things, like I want to finish the morning show. Like there's a lot for me to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, Borat is. It's like I, I think I was. Um, obviously, I, I remember liking it when I was younger, but I don't think, or I imagine, I didn't fully get like the actual political satire element when right. I was you know, that young. And I do wonder if I should rewatch it now as an adult to see like what it is saying about post nine 11 America. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I definitely, but I don't know. I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. I watch a lot of Wendy Williams recently. I'm keeping, keeping it pretty light. Uh, again, yeah, sure, there's sure. not a lot of, there's not a lot of people not specifically following politics and it brings me down and I have enough weird thoughts in my head that I'm like, I would rather, you know, Wendy's a mess and a half and I'm here for it, you know, stuff like that. But I'm going to watch Borat. Um, I don't yeah, know. I, I want to watch. I mean, I, I asked because I, I have not seen Borat 2 yet and it came out on Friday. And, you know, my my boyfriend is sort of it's yeah, some sort of chastity play where he's not letting me watch it. You know, My boyfriend watched it without me. Cuck play, okay. Cuck play. <laughs> when your boyfriend watches Borat without you, that's cuck play, and it's absolutely disgusting. My Did you describe like, to me cuck play again? But go ahead, Sam. Oh, um, well, cuck play is—it's uh, sort of you enjoy watching your partner sleep with someone else. Oh my god, the gays and... are up to some shit. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, a lot of straights are into that too. Cucking, no, I, I feel like, is mostly straight. Gay, yeah. gay guys are just like, well, let's just all have sex, then. right? Like, if you two want to have sex and we want to have sex, like then the four of us are having sex. Right. We got to get more involved. But again, sex is so loosey-goosey on my end. That who's Can I tell you something? I knew this group of lesbians in, when I used to live in Boston. Um, and in fact, I hung out with one of them recently. This was, I would say, three couples. Yeah, I got to get, you know what? I got to get involved. I got to reach out to the community. I'm not <laughs> I really, I really, I realize that I don't even have like a big quit. Like I'm friends with comedians and I have yeah. my, my, my old, I have friends like who are like in private equity and like friends I went to university with who are like not evolved in the scene at all, but I don't have a specifically lesbian, like all, there's all types of lesbian dramas happen. Like she's dating her, who's dating him. Yeah. I never have that. Cause I always make lesbians in the wild. I look yeah. so gay, you know, me being visibly gay. It's like girls who are gay let, you know, if they like me or they have a crush on me, they'll let me know that they're gay. And so I meet them out in the wild. I'm not on the thing. I'm not like meeting them through the circles. I just meet like one-offs like, oh, I'll right. do a thing here. And there's a one-off dike there. Like that's who I end up meeting. But I got to get, get in the community. You I got to get, get in, in the, the commune. <laughs> Maybe after COVID, we'll see. We'll touch base back. yeah i feel like i mean like we hang out with a lot of gay men george and i we sure do but it's they're all like comedy gays and none of them are there's no drama there's no drama there's no hooking up there's no like oops it's like we're all like respectful of each other which kind of sucks it really is very um i i would actually have to say sam we're very lucky in that regard 
I How think so? it's the last. Fr- yeah, go ahead. Well, I just mean like true. Th- the fact that we have somehow maintained this circle of gay male friends, and with a couple of very minor exceptions, there are no like weird sexual triangles happening. People aren't like hooking up with their friends and then ruining their relationship. Everyone is having sex on their own and not bringing it into the group. I think we can learn a lot from the gay men in, in comedy. I think it's the last from I here. disagree, but I think, I'm interested well, in hearing you out. Well, I think that up until recently, we haven't, the, the, there hasn't been a hugely famous gay guy comic. You know, yes. there really hasn't been. And um, there never We haven't be. had our Ellen or or Seinfeld or that sort of stuff for gay men. You know what I yeah. mean? It, it's like, really, there were almost no, it's still the newest group in comedy to some extent is like gay men doing comedy on a bigger level because Dykes have had it going, you know. I mean, for, so for many of Dykes. the great comics are lesbians back from, or, or queer women more generally. I mean, it's like, it's not just Ellen. I mean, it's like Wanda Sykes and, you know, even more, and, more recently, yeah. like, you know, my own thoughts about this aside, like the biggest special last year was Nanette, which was Hannah yeah. Gatsby. Like yeah. it there, it really is. I mean, even back to like Paula Poundstone, it, it really is like, um, well, fascinating. My, my theory is that masculinity is so promoted in every culture. Yes. Right. So in straight culture, obviously men are funny, obviously, um, you know, men are, uh, the thing you relate to most men are revered men are uh, strong and masculine in the lesbian culture i think dykes who have more masculinity are taken more seriously than regular girls i.e femme girls or yeah. well and in uh, gay male culture that's and then the in case. gay male culture it's the same thing femininity is always the yeah. second or uh tier you know yeah. the mask gaze mask for mask is a very promoted thing in gay men culture and it's just like Everywhere you go, there's misogyny, you know, to the extent that even in a fully male world, i.e. a gay only world, maybe it's still femininity is still fucking the pits. It's still not respected. It's still you can't be funny if you're feminine. And I think I benefit from having some masculinity to my femininity that like that gets me a little bit more. Um, you know, I think lesbians have a little bit more of that, even though it's such a weird mental gymnastics that we're like, yeah. you know, it's this weird thing. And then gay guys, it's like you're choosing to have femininity. It's like almost like doubly disrespectful or it's doubly like frowned upon for some Meshugas reason that maybe there was a gay guy comic, but he was masked, you know, right. or he was. Well, presenting. yeah, I, do I mean, actually know of one who, you know, I mean, it's interesting because it's like pretty mad. Yeah. And- also, Richard Pryor literally had sex with men and he is right. The most famous and and best comedian. Like we go out of our way to say people aren't gay men. It's like you look at Prince. Yeah. <laughs> guys. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't know. Guys, I mean, women I don't love know Prince. nothing about Prince. <laughs> But the fact that I can't I say I think he's gay, it's like people take offense to that. Like, what's wrong right. with being gay? I'm not right, saying right, somebody right. says I'm straight. I don't take offense. I mean, nobody's saying it. But, yeah. you know, but I mean. No, it is interesting. It's the yeah. thing that I'm like, nah, I, I think he's gay. I have enough. By the way, whether he is or isn't, I have enough going. There's enough evidence for me to think he is at the very least. You know what I mean? He's wearing the heels. He's got the makeup. I did he's not like, know this was heading to Prince is gay. No, but it's also like people get mad at me. Like, you can't talk about Prince like that. Like what? Like he's gay? Like this? Right. It's like it. you can just say that. It might be wrong, but it's not offensive. It's not offensive. <laughs> 
it's, yeah. it's so weird. Yeah, it's interesting how people are... Um, you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, being gay is not bad, but also calling a straight person gay is offensive. Is offensive. It's like, do you remember when John McCain was asked, like, is Obama a Muslim? And then his answer was like, no, he's a good family man. And then everyone was like, that is so brave right. that he how said powerful. that. It's how like, powerful. How powerful. No, I, that's still actually offensive. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's like, and then you're, it's like so gaslighty. I remember I was working on a show and I was, one of the jobs was I had to write jokes for some of the correspondents on the show. And mm-hmm. we would have to like introduce the correspondents. And she's like, you guys introduced me. And for my introductions for one of the correspondents, I was constantly doing like a gay thing, like just bought a Subaru, has two cats, like, like hack dumb things. And I got pulled aside saying like, oh, you can't insinuate this person is gay, even though this person looks gay, you know, to me. I'm like, <laughs> why can't I insinuate somebody's gay? Right. What is wrong with that? It is interesting. Is yeah. that bad? Are you, yeah. what are you insinuating, sir? <sighs> yeah, it's. I mean, I was being a shit. Here's the whole thing. No, 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 totally. It's like I'm gaslighting the gaslighter. You think you're going to gaslight me? I'm going to show you who's gaslighting who. <laughs> I invented it, bitch. I have to say, I have an idea for our topic, which is oh. to have the topic just be society. Yeah. I ha- By the way, I did come prepared. I-, I want you guys to oh. know I have a topic. Oh. Oh, what is it? And we'll decide if maybe we'll, if maybe we'll, we won't ever do the topic. Like maybe at the end I'm of the episode, in, yeah. we will finally do the topic. But I want you guys to know I come prepared to everything, just like this. I, you asked me for a topic about straight culture or yeah. gay culture. What was the exact request? Uh, <laughs> a topic about straight culture. Yeah. Uh, if right. you're thinking of a topic about gay culture, that's for our sister podcast, Gaydio Lab. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I, I have it. It's it's like a difference between straight and gay culture. It's right. my topic. I don't know if. Do you want to talk? Do you want to bring it up now? I feel like it's yeah. A and also, time. did we do your segments or did we go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we're we, good. Normally, we oh, give we you a score. We we did one we, segment and then we have another one right at the end that we do. Don't worry about it. Okay. And my no, top. Yeah. Normally, yeah, we give ahead. you a score at the end of the top or at the end of the first segment, but we did. Uh, this is a deeply deconstructed version of our podcast, and so what we was skipped my it. Score. I think a 10. I think I nailed every fucking Yep, it's a 10. <laughs> 10 you. out of 1,000 doves. <laughs> out of 1,000. Um, no, my topic was really just about dating, something I'm thinking about in quarantine. I have a lot of dykes coming to me getting together in quarantine. Are you not in a relationship? I am, but I'm saying all these quarantine relationships that are happening hmm. are like, I have some, di- like, here's something different between gay culture or specifically maybe dyke culture and straight culture for me is like, yeah. Dykes don't get to date anymore. We've lost the privilege. Okay, because we're constantly obsessed with where this is going. I have two friends who have gone on three or four dates with each other. And they're constantly like, and she pursued me. But now she's the one saying she wants a little space. So what's that about? Yes, people ebb and flow. (laughs) You don't have the temperament to date. Do not date. (laughs) straight people date and what they do by dating is figuring it out right a few months and be like well we're still figuring it out but dykes right like right away like but where is this like you don't get to know it's like my buddy sean is thinking about getting married to his to his girlfriend of six years and i almost said partner but uh, (laughs) what are you gay anyway so (laughs) 
like he's been thinking and it's so like matter of fact and he's like it's everybody would say like girls would say or dice said, what's the hold up like why do they wait at six it's like there's been no hold up they've been enjoying like there's this literally yeah. been, he's chilling he's been good there's been no problem and now they're thinking of it like it's just so natural but dykes don't operate like that and it's like what's the alternative like you just have to go on love is blind you get to meet three people and you're married by the end of the episode so if you you're don't have the temperament to date this is in praise of straight culture something that we can all learn or at yeah, least the act something of that lesbians can learn the act okay, of dating interesting. wow incredible assertion that straight that dating is actually better for straight people and they and they Not are doing better, a better job at doing it, it. They're doing it. They're, right. they're, like they're, 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 they're I don't know. I mean, athlete. I have to say, I have to say, listen, I don't know how smoothly dating is going in the straight world. <laughs> I think they're I think they are in a in a crossroads where the practices that were considered so socially acceptable for so long are up in the air now. And I think a combination of like um of 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 kind of gender politics coming to a head. And also men not being sure what it means to be a masculine straight man anymore. Going make it so that there's actually like more um, uncertainty in the straight world than in the gay world. No, I agree. They're doing it bad. No, no. I think there's way more. I think men are the problem. Uh, yes. You know, for sure in the straight world to some extent. But I think too, you know, people always ask me what, what went wrong in my last relationship. I'm like, it's two women. It's too much. It's just like... <laughs> I don't know how you don't, you know, if there's no yin yang, right? You know, right. to some extent, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, every <laughs> every few months, I wake up as a lesbian. I'm like, how weird is it that I like other girls? I'm like, isn't it just weird? Like, <laughs> but imagine what? not being able to relate. To, at least you can relate to someone because you have similar experiences. Imagine if you were dating someone who was, a, who had a different lived experience than you. I know it's crazy. It's like and you I had to guess that that you 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 hit it nail on the head. What's that expression? Yeah, yeah, nail yeah, on the yeah, head. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but it's like I was trying to convince somebody, my sister's uh, best friend, his husband, who's this straight white dude who's successful, whatever. I was trying to convince him. Like I was in Georgia recently, and I look like this in Georgia, and so it's confusing to me uh, to them. And you know, he said it was so hard to explain to him. Like we got like a weird, we had a weird interaction in the store just because I was like in deep Georgia. I wasn't like in Atlanta and we had a weird thing. Cause I look like this and they don't see me like this. And then, you know, so you, you I'm accustomed to looking different. Mm -hmm. And, but the thing is this guy was like, how do you know they cared that you were gay? Like, how does he even know you're gay? And it's like, you're trying to convince somebody who's never looked or been perceived different what it's like to have that experience it's like because i know it's because yeah. if you ha ever had a feeling that you were different it's at a distinct you know it immediately it's like love it's like anything else it's like you just have these it's a feeling that you know and it's true you know it's 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 undoubtedly like you feel it as soon as it happens to you but yeah. these people it's it was hard for me to articulate i kind of just gave up because i'm like oh i can't explain to this person what it's like to feel different in any way because he's truly never he'll never get to know that like ever it's like maybe he'll go to you know 
I, I don't even know. Maybe he'll go to China or he'll go somewhere where he's different than the rest of the population. But even then, there'll be a reverence more so than a different than a different. Yeah. I, I mean, there is different. something I find interesting is sometimes you'll see a straight person. This happens very rarely, but like a single straight man be in a gay space. Like maybe it's like a birthday party and right. it's mostly gay people, but one of them it's like a girl that's friends with all the gay men and she brings her boyfriend or it's like, it's a, it's a sibling of someone like sometimes you witness this where it is a straight man who has never, ever not been comfortable suddenly surrounded by people that are different from him. And suddenly everything he's, the things he's wearing that are such markers of conformity, like, you know, straight boot cut pants and like sneakers or boat shoes and like a collared shirt, everything that in, his entire life has helped him blend in suddenly is ha- making him stick out. And it's the most like disorienting thing for him. And you can just tell. Yeah. It's so hard. To, uh, so that those experiences I wish upon everybody to some yes. extent, just for perspective. Um, but of course, you know, not everybody can have everybody's experience and it's all yeah. about us bridging those gaps without needing everybody to experience the other thing. Yes. It's like, through how can comedy I not and podcasting. yeah, how can I not experience <laughs> what you're experiencing, but still at least, um, say, I understand, I don't know. And I yeah. still believe you, you know, it's like, I was explaining my brother-in-law, Bruno, um, my sister worked in tech, you know, she was in tech sales for like 20 years. And I said, like, you know, he doesn't, he was unsure of misogyny to some extent, he believes in it. But he was like, how much is it really? I said, you know, sometimes it's not even a feeling. I'm like, imagine being my sister, who was five one. And every day for 10 years, she walks into an office where most people are bigger than her right? Most people are men in her office and they're all physically bigger than her. Mm-hmm. Imagine he's six, four. I said, imagine you walked in, you never meet people taller than you barely, but imagine you went to work every day and every person was eight feet tall. Yeah. Like, but that is literally the perspective she's had. Yeah. Like at yeah. any point, these people could annihilate her. They could literally squash her. And that, that, that power dynamic is in bed. You know, it is, it's not only, I was trying to explain, it's not only a mental power exchange, there is a physicality sure. that you take yeah. for granted. And it's very interesting, you know, it's just like, imagine everybody you walked in to work with was women. I was like, imagine for 10 years, you were the only guy, like, and most people were women. How weird. You can't even imagine because you're like, but that is what it's like for us. Those mm-hmm. women who went to tech jobs, those women who did those things, it's like they went in every day and mostly it was the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, back to uh, like straight dating <laughs> v. gay dating. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I am. I'm, I'm insist that I have to say, I'll let you finish, Sarah, but I really do feel like the title should be society, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, Just general I, society. I think, um, you know how like we like cable was a thing and then there's like one streaming service and then there's like a thousand streaming services and now it's like you have to have all of them and it's like okay well now i just have cable again but it's through this i feel like cable is straight dating and it's like this is the standard and then people are like well we can be kind of we can be queer and be different about it and then it's like okay eventually like that becomes the million streaming services and the queer dating is also just like like the roles were different and now it's like well you figure out you're like hetero roles like one of you is cooking one of you is being oh, annoying and working I'm too not much even gay. And- <laughs> I'm, I'm not even really gay i've just recently like it's like 
I like I am gay, but I live basically a heteronormative lifestyle of some yeah. I'm me looking yeah. like me and I date femme and so she's I have girl. to say when people talk about butch and femme, I understand that there's a history there. I'm not an idiot. I understand that it's like a history I'm not part of, part of lesbian culture, or whatever. But the way some people talk about butch and femme, I'm like, you realize you're just literally replacing the words man and woman. <laughs> yes, we are. Except the difference is we're both women. Like we're, both, you know, butch, yeah. women, butch. But, but really, I, I agree with you. I don't even, really, the only gay thing about me is that I'm gay. But other than that, I'm not even gay. Like, <laughs> this is how I feel. Like, other than that, I live a pretty, exactly like you said, I'm, some lesbians get offended. Who wears the pants? I'm like, bitch, I wear the pants. Yes, I'm the boy. <laughs> I'm the boy. I'm the man in the relationship. Is that what you want to hear? Because I'm fine to tell you. Like, well, I it's have so funny no that then that's considered, um, you know, heteronormative. But in fact, for you as a woman to say you're a man, that's actually so. It's like that is not conforming to gender yeah, roles. Exactly. You're literally like, yeah, I'm a man, but I'm a woman. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just <laughs> like. Yeah, it's just we go we go so far around we're back where we started. Literally, yes. Jerry no, there's no point in when I have you read I I read the Argonauts by Maggie Nelson where she's just like grappling with the fact that despite being queer and despite all of this she's like raising a heteronormative family and she just cannot wrap her mind around it. She's like I saw a photo of me and my uh, husband and we're both queer and he's trans and all this stuff and I and I was so disgusted to think to look and see that oh my god we literally just look like a straight couple and it's like yeah just embrace it <laughs> yeah I don't it's like at my show and you're like I, I I joke like everybody's queer now everybody's you know everybody's queer now you know everybody's uh you know it, there's no nobody left not queer anymore you know and I asked in the audience I go is anybody straight here and somebody raises this I said no no Raise your you're you're perfect just the way you are. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with you. Like we've gone so far that now in my time yeah. I'm like, you are valid. Yeah. This I is know. okay for you to like what you like. And they gotta hear it from so, me. They gotta yeah, hear it from it's me. So jarring now to drew to truly lay your eyes on someone who just is straight in like a nineties way. Like yeah. truly look at a woman who is wearing ballet flats kind of like a skinny pant and like a long champ bag God that's like a bad coat. Wow. Like, well, good for you. Yeah, really. And watching good for you. Paul Blart Mall Cop <laughs> 2 and yeah. laughing, living it up, having a blast. Yeah. With her with her, <sighs> you know, I always on a plane, I whatever the cost of alcohol is on a plane, I get it because what if it's your last drink? I don't understand people who it is oh. worth every last dollar to me when you're on a plane. I'm like, $12 beer? I'm like, I'll take two. Like, literally, I'm like, this could be it. I don't understand. Like, that's the one place not to be frugal. And coming from me, believe me, it's this is my financial tip. If you're on a plane, get the cheese plate, get the wrap, get the thing. Spend $100 on the flight. That meal... <laughs> It's, and it's a shit meal, but it could be the last. This right. is I Robbie's financial corner. Yes, this is my one where to splurge is on the plane. Because there's no. I've never heard that before. No, that is insane. People go on a plane, it's going to be like so expensive. I'm like, yeah. And it could, what are you doing with the money? 
This shit. Well, what? Robbie, what? You're gonna spend your life savings by the time you land. You gotta. No, no you, you can't. can't listen, live. Listen, Robbie's in deep debt because she keeps spending five hundred dollars on every flight. I also spend nowhere else but the flight. You have to pick. <laughs> you have to pick what you're doing. Robbie, money yeah. spent on the flight still counts. It's no, not its own it's, currency. No, you have got to like. It, it could be like you've got to live. For whatever remainder time you have to live. These planes, they're not replacing. You see these planes were on old yellowing planes. I'm like, this has got to be state of the art. Like when you go to rent a car, a car is probably brand new. Like the cars are are basically new. They're all 2020 yeah. models. You get them to a plane from 1983. I'm like, if there's anything I want to be brand new, it's the fuck the fucking planes. It's like crazy. Yeah. We're taking is. risk, 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 Truly. risk. We have no reason being up there. It's not natural. <laughs> okay. And then you're going to tell me you're not going to splurge $7 on a wrap? <laughs> I, I don't even understand. I see people sitting there. I see even, you know, people like we're not, you know, if you can afford the plane, it's like I see people sitting there in their maze belt going, hmm, how much is that? Shut up. Yeah. I'm get- God. I have to say, Robbie, it is so it is so fitting that we are ending on plain humor. Oh, we have, it is. We have crazy. come talk about coming around full circle. You have analyzed every possible element of society and culture, and we are coming back to literally like Ellen level plain humor. That's what we this- do. We're comedians. <laughs> This is also our most straight episode by far. We this, we, we really did talk about straight culture, which we rarely really, happens. Really did. I have to say, Robbie, you really kept us in check. Yeah. Um. You and you I both... have to, and and also, I unfortunately, it is. I think it's time for a final segment. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Um, All right. Um. So so, Robbie, this is really one of our straighter things is that we do this final segment called shout outs where we kind of um as a tribute to the radio shout out the kind of trl shout out you know people like shouting out people you know their their fam back home we each give a shout out to something that we uh feel deserves some love this week and i actually have one sam i can go first oh great please do what up, listeners? I want to give a quick shout out to the 30 plus antique furniture accounts I recently followed on Instagram. I just moved into a new place and it is um, very unfurnished, but I want to not buy from IKEA and all the and all the cheap places. So then I thought, where do I find things that have character? And then and someone recommended, and you know, you should follow an account on Instagram. Cut to two weeks later, my house is no more furnished, and I am following upwards of 45 Instagram accounts, looking at furniture all day, completely paralyzed, not making any offers on anything, obsessed with finding a deal, and not living any better than I was living before. And at this point, why not just order something from Ikea? But let me tell you something, I'm going to keep doing this for the foreseeable future. I'm never going to get furniture, but I'm going to be so well-versed in kind of uh, 60s through 80s furniture trends in America and Europe, especially Denmark, based on some of these accounts. That is my shout out. (laughs) You know what? I want to piggyback off that. I don't know if I have my own shout out, but I'll tell you you should. Yes, you do. You do. One thing that people don't give me credit for and lesbians enough credit is I'm bringing fashion to the lesbian world. um, You are very fashionable. In in a taste sense. And what I mean by that is I also, by the way, you can call into Dykevice and I will give you furniture help. I happen to be great with furniture design. Oh, I need that. Design. It's a very, wow. it's the gayest thing about me is that I'm more gay man-like than probably Dyke in the way yeah. that my fashion works and the way that my taste works, particularly for interior design. I just got yeah. the 80s piece myself of um, a glass table and the four chairs 
looks phenomenal in the space. I'm happy to share a picture with your listeners. Um, so shout out, shout out based on that to, this is my tip to you also yes. in my shout out, Craigslist. We yeah. do not discount Craigslist, our website has not been, they need help, okay? They need somebody in the Silicon Valley, what it is. They are not up to speed. Do not let the, the website or lack thereof fool you. There are still great finds on Craigslist, then Facebook Marketplace. That's so what I've heard. Find great finds. Send me a link. You guys need help. Should I get this table, this table? I will let you know if you've gone too down the rabbit hole that now you're you fucked yourself into this very specific look that you'll like for a year. But I can tell you timeless, but also eye-catchy stuff that you should get. So, George, wow. hit me up with a couple links. I'll tell you if it's a yes or a no. Okay. Um, I, and, I, and I'm trying to just change this to lesbians. It's like Ellen's flipping houses and doing all this, and we see what she's doing. But Ellen is revealed as a fraud to some extent. I'm going to have the reversed Ellen thing, where I seem aggressive and angry when I'm talking to you, when I'm on camera. But in fact, behind closed doors, when you hear people working <laughs> with me and people friends with me, I happen to be very kind and generous and benevolent as a person. And this, so I'm going to have the reverse Ellen cancel. Yeah. You're going to find out I'm actually much nicer than I seem to appear. I love that. That's a great way to approach it. Um, okay, I'll do my shout out. All right. Um, what's up, listeners? I just want to give a quick shout out to all of my gay male friends that do not have sex with each other. <laughs> each and every one of you are so beautiful and chaste, and that is so important to maintain healthy friendships. I know we've all been in houses together. We've all been in underwear parties together. Heck, we've been in back rooms together, and never do our holes or wieners or mouths touch. We are celibate with each other and we have sex with strangers exclusively and our partners and not each other <laughs> and that is so powerful love you all my gay male friends bye wow god what a range wow. furniture wow. craigslist gay sex honestly not that big of a range no actually they're one-to-one one-to-one well, Robbie, this has Robbie, really this, been incredible. Um, it, thank you so much for joy. coming on the pod today. Oh my God, thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll leave this and go think somewhere else now. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Follow me on everything. I don't know if you plug me now, Robbie Hoffman on Instagram. We're there doing you go. the road to 10K. It's ridiculous. Plug yourself. And cool. Wait, am, you're doing the road to 10K? Yeah, trying to get 10K followers. It's the least you guys could do for me. Oh, I thought oh, you were trying to, thought thought you were like trying to run a 10K. Race. No, we do 10K <laughs> followers. No, I don't do any type of exercise. That is also, I'll leave that to the gay men. You can follow me on Twitter. I am Robbie Hoffman. Thanks, guys, for having me. So thank, much you, fun. thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Robbie.